I am unashamed. What about you? Welcome back to Unashamed. Still looking for Zach. He's off somewhere. I actually <laughs> talked to Zach this morning. You, so I was going to send out an APB all points bulletin because I was afraid the man might have been kidnapped. I wasn't sure what happened. No, we felt bad because... Uh, he said when he tried his, to like... His daughter Layla uh, made a run at the American Idol show. Yep. And so she had sent Missy, my wife, a text saying when to watch, you know, American Idol. And and we haven't watched American Idol since it was like season three. Yeah. Because when it first started, it kind of hooked me in because you had all these long lines and you had people saying, I'm going to be a star. And what made it funny is most of the people that came and tried out couldn't sing. Couldn't sing. So <laughs> ha ha. Then you you voted it. The, you know the idea of it was yeah. you're, you're going to vote for the next star. So I took a I took a vacation. As in nineteen seasons later, they're in <laughs> season twenty two. The show is nothing like it was when I watched it. Now they don't have the long lines and all that. They go find people who have a following or somebody they've seen and they invite them. Yeah. It's kind of that kind of deal. I don't think they say that, but that's that's the gist of it. And now, am I, correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't seen it in 22 years because I've never watched it, but don't, isn't our old pal, the Buck Commander pal, Luke Bryan? Is Luke one, Bryan's on it. He's one uh, of the judges. Yeah, Lionel Richie and Katy Perry. Now, before you say, well, what are you, what are you doing promoting the show? Let me just give you this caveat, because I watched two hours of this show, and my niece never showed up. <laughs> And that's two hours of my life You'll that I will get, never get back. They're gone, Jays. Whatever right. you watch, that time is not coming but they back. did end the show with uh, one story that was really good, and the song she sang was There Was Jesus. Ah. So I thought, you know what? There's hope for America. There it was it, That was outstanding. So, uh, But now you're going to so, have to watch another two hours to catch. Well, I said, hey, babe. <laughs> Tape it, tape it, let me know. Then I'll no, go watch. I said, this is this is our family. How about send a text to Jill, who they're, you know, they're they're friends. They're I mean, they're we're family, but they're like married into family. Right. And uh I said, let which is Zach's wife. I was like, see what the deal is. <laughs> so it started well, Unlike you, I checked with Melissa who said the first two or three episodes, and I said, I tell you what, then I'm going to record them and somebody can watch it, and then I'll just zoom in there when something happens. So, yeah. So, I, so she sent a text, and was like, you know, what happened? She's like, yeah, it's somewhere in the first two or three episodes. We go. got that memo. And so then I said, well, hey, ask her where is Zach? Cause I haven't seen him in a month. <laughs> we have a podcast tomorrow. <laughs> but then she sent a text back saying, oh, he's been really sick. So I didn't know that. Well, then oh, I, I didn't know that. Bad. I was making fun of him, and he's and he's sick. So I called him this morning, and he was like, "Hello." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "How you feeling, buddy?" He's like, "Not great," <laughs> but he'll he's going to get better, and he'll be back. He told me he was going to try to be on. He's in Nashville at the NRB. He is. He's still kind of working, work, yeah, but, but he's sick, and he's also doing something. So it's just more than than he can bear. <laughs> We'll give him some. Free. We're gonna give him a pass. Hopefully, we'll see him next next time. Uh, we're on unashamed. So, a couple of things we wanted to mention. Um, one is uh, our cooking episodes. I did mine. Yep, they've been dropping. So you go to blazetv.com 
slash Robertson is where you go to get to these episodes we're doing. Uh, Dad's already done uh, duck gumbo that I think is out. Is that right, Maddie? Oh, do we get to tell what we did, or is that a surprise? You can tease. So Jace has finally now joined. Uh, Lisa and I did one as well. I'm not sure. That'll probably be out next month. And then Jace just Well, don't say it. Jace, because uh, equally involved was my lovely wife. Yeah, when we're, and we're trying to include, our, obviously, the whole family, different people yet. Well, you got to remember, you're going to see this, but you know she does make a guest appearance on the podcast, but I'm basically asking for a favor. <laughs> Because she resurrected something in our family that was was lost. Phil used to make a crawfish au gratin, and then he forgot exactly what he did, <laughs> and he spent four or five years trying to figure it out, and it just never got back there. So, But Missy's like, I think I can do that. Now, we're talking about this 20 years later. And so she did a sample for our Christmas get-together. Which was the crawfish pie. Well, no, she did a crawfish oh, she did pie, but she also... Oh, and I had some of that. That she was did delicious. That all, yeah, that was the, the crawfish okay, all yeah, yeah, yeah. I It's a little different than, uh, yeah. than, than what Phil's was, but it's spectacular. It's very good. So we had an idea to... Uh, I wanted to do the greatest freshwater fish that I know of, which is the crappie. And so we did it two different ways. And one of the ways we did it, we topped it with the crawfish all gratin. Ooh, Man. Oh, yeah. Feel free to invite me down, Jace, as color commentary when you're doing it. <laughs> so we invited two of our friends. That is a fantastic idea because, like, the redfish with the crawfish etouffee on it, yeah. or but the crappie is even better. Well, we had never put the au gratin on. We, I did oh, a black and crappie. I, d- I just, we had never personally done that. Yeah. I had eaten that. And so uh, that's what we did. We invited a couple who recently have moved to Louisiana, and they're from California. Mm. And uh, so we just thought that would be a good way to introduce them to Louisiana cuisine. See, you gotta, guys, you got to check out these episodes. They're a lot of fun. And Jace is teasing and making me hungry. So uh, Luke sent us uh, uh, in the mail. This is the uh, Unashamed mailbag. Luke Bryan sent us something? It says Luke. It could have been Luke oh, Bryan or okay. it could have just been another Luke. It said, here's what I'd like to see you guys cook. So he has now sent his request for what we're supposed to cook. Jessica stew. Oh, yeah. Is it good? It's fantastic. All right, so we need to have, uh, one of us needs to have Jeff and Jessica. But I don't, She's she hasn't been forthcoming with that recipe. Oh, she's one of those, hide it. Don't. Well, I mean, look, it is spectacular. Okay. So. Uh, Missy's meatloaf. He requested that, so y'all could do that on the future. That. That's fantastic. But Phil and or Jace's fried catfish. Of course, you, we just I did, did the crappie, but catfish would be a little different. A little I might awkward. could do some fried catfish along with something else. Yep, Miss Kay's fried pies, which we hadn't had those in a while. But That'd be a great idea. They're, they're really good. They're very they're good. good. And then it says the boss hog. I have no idea. Do you, does anybody know what that is? Is that a dish? Is that Willie? I think that's a human. That's <laughs> Willie. It used to be a guy that played on the Dukes of Hazard. I remember that, Boss Hog, the original. And yeah. then Willie had the white suit and the white hat. That was kind of his thing for a while there. He was doing that look. But I guess it's, I need to find out, is there a dish of the Boss Hog? We had a hamburger at Miss K's years ago when we were had a restaurant, and we made the Boss Hog burger, and it had a 
piece of uh, fried bologna on the burger because Willie loves bologna. And so you, lost, you had me, then you lost me. <laughs> now look, I, I'm not. He, a, Willie said it was delicious, but I don't know, buddy. But I'm not hating on bologna because when we were poor and lived down here, that was one of the five food groups. And uh, if you burn it and cook it long enough and put it in between some cheese and bread, well, you that can was make my it take. Work. I was like, man, I ate a lot of bologna as a kid. But I will say this: my my neighbor down in Gulf Shores, he kept talking to me about smoked bologna. And I told him just what you said, Jace. I was like, man, I appreciate it, Daddy, but, you know, I ate a lot of bologna as a kid because there was nothing else. And I just kind of feel like I've had a lifetime's worth, you know, early. It's the same with Vienna sausage. And he said, no, you need to try this. So he smoked a whole bologna roll, hmm. and he cut off a big old chunk of it and brought it over to my house. He smoked it. I don't know how long on his smoker, but I'm going to tell you something. That thing was amazing so well smoke bologna the problem, will work the problem is is the bigger narrative which is i used to say or people would ask me what's in bologna <laughs> but then i would come back with a question that after i would say look you get you're getting it wrong you the question is what's, what's not, not in it, it? <laughs> these are the undesirable parts of animals <laughs> that make up bologna so I'm just saying, let's just say that. So, Dad, own. do you remember this? Uh, this is going way back. This is back in the 70s. You used to go up to Brummett's Market, which was in El Dorado, which was above where we lived. And you, would, I'd go with you because I was a kid, little kid. And you would buy a big old chunk of bologna, and you'd buy a box of Wilson Weenies which is mostly what we could afford. Every once in a while when things were good, I guess you you might buy a steak or two. But do you remember that little place in El Dorado? Brummett's Market. It was like Barely. a little meat market. Barely. I just... It was good. You're going no, way back. I'm going way we, back. We've talked about the Wilson weenies. They were the they were snapping the, yeah, weenies. snappers. They tried to make a comeback. Didn't work. But for a while... Did the new ones not have the snap? Didn't have it. Oh. And they were basically just too much color dye. Yeah, I mean, got they were real red. Yeah, like very red. So, but the original Wilson Weenie was spectacular, but it's no longer with us. No, it went the ways the government. Wasn't that what uh, Benny Prince said? Oh yeah, the government got it, boy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they ruined everything. He was. Uh, we used to duck hunt with him, and every problem in life, from you know, yeah, because a lot of things I would agree with him on, but. He even got down to the Wilson Weenies, but every problem in life is a government it's, conspiracy. It's the government, boys. So, uh, he said, we were talking about Wilson Weenies. He said, it was the government. They got them. He said, they ruined everything. <laughs> <laughs> All so, right, so one more thing before we move to our study. Uh, we've been talking about Dad's new book. I could be wrong, but I doubt it. And uh, we've been talking about pre-ordering those because it comes out March the 12th. There's a couple of different places to go. Um, I could be wrong, but I doubt it.com is one. That's the regular pre-order place. And you can also go to philrobertsonbook.com. And uh, that's you get a signed copy there. Here's the book. Thank you, Jay. Um, this is what it looks like. That's well, read it. Actual- Why Jesus is your greatest hope on earth and in eternity. Right. It's so good, good, good saying. And I, and I have to say, and I don't know, it's like I, I've said before, all Dad's books have been great, but this one I think is the best one. 
No doubt. You've done so well, far. Get it. Get me one for Christmas, and I'll read it. All right. I haven't read it. All right. Live and, live and learn. Here, Judge, take that one. You can read it. Okay. Good. So, I don't know why we've always loved football. I don't know if it's because, Dad, you played football or – we well, used to play a lot. I, I had I had two sons that both played football. Uh, one of them wanted to quit, and I wouldn't let him. And uh, he said, why? I said, because you're strong and you're fast. And the other one, he didn't want to play, and I said, you don't have to play. And he said, why? I said, because you're smart and you're slow and you're not very big. <laughs> and so my first son said, are you saying that I'm dumb? <laughs> and I said, No. But it it helped him, you know, because yeah. he was very aggressive. Right. And the process that you undergo when you're part of a team sport and you develop your skills was a process that really helped him. So One of our sponsors, uh, Five Star Football Package, uh, is really tailored to be able to help maybe a kid that's got some talent, ability, you've seen it, they love football, to become an elite football player. Uh, this package was designed to help unlock your son's full potential. Uh, it consists of online training programs tailored for high school and youth football players and has everything your son will need for success on the field. They have seven programs in each package, and they contain all the latest research, uh, position-specific techniques to streamline your son's process to become a great football player. It has gym workout plans, field workout plans, position-specific drills, speed, change of direction, nutrition, a daily schedule to maximize all three of these programs, a full recruiting course, and so much more. The Five Star Football Package is a brand founded on Christian values, and we love that, and they do guarantee rapid success on the field. So if you're ready to invest in your son's football career and potentially save hundreds of thousands of dollars with scholarship money, Head over to fivestarfootballpackage.com. That's five, as in the number five, starfootballpackage.com. Join thousands of other young players pursuing their dreams today and use the code Phil for 20% off all positional packages. Check them out. All right, so we, um, we're back in, we're in Acts 1 and 2. And the reason we're doing this is... We read Luke. We all had, uh, I think, a profound light bulb moment on how much the kingdom was being discussed and what it was going to be like from Jesus' lips and his actions. Yep. And as I was doing research even last night, a lot of scholars believe that originally this was just one book. Yeah. Luke and Acts. And you make that connection because he brings up this Theopolis, because when he said in my former book, we when you read Luke chapter one, we didn't bring this up in the introduction, but we were talking before we got started today, and Phil had a good point about the kingdom that he's going to give. But in, uh, let's see, hang on. It's the first, it's verse uh, four. Yeah, so in Luke one, four. Or three, three. Yeah, three and four, where it says, therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything, from the beginning, it seemed good also to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you've been taught. So they were kind of speculating that maybe, you know, this Theophilus paid for the investigation or, you know, what Probably have you. funded it, yeah. And so what I found interesting, though, is 
sure, it might have been one book, but Acts actually goes with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John as as it funnels to Acts because this is what happened after Jesus was ascended and right. exalted as king of kings, where he's at right now at the right hand of God. Well, then you get to see this kingdom, this new temple, this new adventure as far as people on the earth representing heaven through the spirit of God as Jesus is exalted. And so I think what's also interesting is Luke not only investigated this, wrote this down, but he's a part of some of the missionary journeys. When you when we get to Acts 16, uh, Acts 20, Acts 27, he goes from just saying, when this happened to like, we headed out. This happened to us, which I think is very uh, interesting. No, I think you're exactly right. And while we're here, I, I wanted to plug this movie. I've mentioned it before. It's called Paul, Apostle of Christ. And it just it struck me when you were saying that, Jace, because in the movie, Jim Caviezel, who plays Jesus in The Passion, plays Luke, and he's interviewing Paul, you know, to, to so he's working on these books that he's working on, you know, and, he's, and Paul's one of his interview sources. And it was just fascinating. It reminded me of The Chosen, this idea. It was kind of like a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff you can imagine going on. Of course, at this point, Paul is late in his life, so he's dealing with guilt and, you know, because he's, you know, he did a lot of bad stuff. But this movie is so good. And a little irony, Dad, the guy that directed that movie is the same guy that directed your movie, The Blind. Hmm. So that was just well, just... well, just think about this big picture. So you have Jesus being recorded by Luke, you know, coming to earth. And, and discussing what the kingdom is going to be like. That's the and first thing out of his mouth. He spoke the, about the kingdom. The, yes. Yeah. And then you you have this journey that ends up in Jerusalem where he saves the nation of Israel through the hands of, you know, all the, the you know, what McGuigan always calls the gods, little G's, all this this colliding of authority yeah. and Jesus conquers sin and death and becomes the greatest authority imaginable. And he did it in a way that none of them could even recognize. And the things he was doing as far as showing what the kingdom is like, is kind of an upside down version of what most people think when they think of success. And you go back to Luke 6, you remember that, where he was like, it's not about money, power, uh, being comfortable, satisfied, people speaking well of you. And, and he goes through those those qualities about being broken and, and being insulted because of him and these different things. Because we know that's where his power flourishes. Once you have this open, broken, humble spirit, you're ready to kind of recognize God's love, I guess, in Jesus. But what's interesting is that when you get to Acts and the Spirit is poured out, Jesus is exalted, you know, the and those two things, even though they're separated by chapters, they they go together, which is what we talked about last time. Right. And then all of a sudden, Peter emerges in a way that's really hard to wrap your head around. We take it for granted when you're reading Acts 
2 all the way to about 10, because it highlights Peter, those eight chapters. To say that he's transformed is is not even a strong enough word. Because, Jace, you, you missed him before. We're only a month, a little over a month, after yeah. he was he had denied Christ and was re- restored. Yeah. I mean, a month. So it's not like <laughs> it's not like years have gone by. I mean, he was just denying him yeah. in the courtyard 40 so, days so ago. So call it the being around Jesus, a, a dead man that's now alive for 40 days. Call it having the uh, the Holy Spirit poured out, being able to speak yeah. in another language. Call it the Spirit now being available. But somewhere in that process, the man literally caught on fire. I mean, he just he got it. He 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 got it. And, and but it's you awesome. remember when Jesus told him, does he said, "I'm praying for it. Satan is asked to sift you as wheat, but I'm praying that when you return." You will strengthen your brothers. So it's almost like Jesus was planting that little seed. That look, it's fixing to be rough, but you got it. You got something that's going to happen. So it's like he plants that seed in him. I love that. And then, of course, when he restores him, you know, then it's more kind of challenging him. You know, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? But you notice that, and we didn't mention this much, Jace, in the Acts 1, but it's Peter who quotes Psalm, two different Psalms, to replace Judas. So here's Peter all of a sudden. I mean, we never really see Peter quoting a lot of scripture in his interactions with Jesus, but here he is. First thing he does, he takes charge. He says, we need to, you know, appoint a new guy, which we talked about that out of the two, but he's quoting scripture saying, here's a fulfillment that we need to do this. So you can already tell something's changed about him right there, you know, right off the bat. Exactly. And so then uh, when it picks up in about nine, chapter nine, well, then you see Paul emerge. Right. And we'll go through all the details with that. And, and it, he's the main character all the way to the end. That's right. And I think it really, what happens is a definition of what you read in Acts 1-8 when it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. So they start here yep. in Acts 2. Then Judea and Samaria. So that's, that's the covered surrounding in, area. In, in the next section. And then and to the ends of the earth. Well, what I thought, find fascinating is like Jesus and Luke ends up in Jerusalem to culminate this idea of the new temple, the new kingdom, and, and what his death, burial, and resurrection will mean. Well, Paul winds up in Rome. Right. And that's when you get to the end of the book and the last verse in Acts, because the kingdom is not mentioned a whole lot in Acts, but it's more what it looks like, yeah. the, the new kingdom on earth of spirit-filled people. No, but, it, it, but the last verse in Acts, and what is that, the third verse that Phil's going to read? Yeah. Says it starts with it and it ends with it because the last verse in Acts says Paul boldly and without hindrance preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, and what's and the irony is Peter initiates the gospel to the Gentiles. He was called member off the roof to go to Cornelius's house, but it's Paul the most Jewish of Jews that gets the role of being emissary to the Gentiles. 
but well, right. he and, was a Roman citizen. So like it, it all set up for exactly what it needed. He was a Roman citizen, but he was a Jew of Jews in his own word, a Hebrew of Hebrews. And he had the pedigree, yeah. he had the training, he had all of it. But God said, tell you what, you're going to suffer for he the He had king. a hard head. Had a hard head. But don't you think it's fascinating that the Romans were the ones that actually carried out the execution? You're correct. And you have this, this kingdom begin. Jesus is exalted. And now Paul, who... His, his, like, you know, when you have the, you see the people uh, get up and they say, hello, and they give you my name, and then they tell what their problem is. I'm a drunk. I, I struggle with, uh, you know, whatever. And everybody's like, hi. My name is yeah. Chase. I mean, can you imagine? Paul's like, ah, I, I kill Christians. <laughs> I torture people. Yeah, I mean, that, that was hit the most unlikely person imaginable. And while he's in prison, handcuffed, he is sharing Jesus and doing this. And eventually, if you just fast forward through history, Christianity became the number one religion in Rome. That's right. And still is cord there with the Catholic Church. Let's, uh, let's take another break. One of our sponsors, Patriot Mobile, made me think of a funny story. I was going to baptize a guy one time and I noticed that he had his phone in his shirt pocket, his cell phone. And I said, oh, whoa, whoa, let's take your phone out. And he said, no, I need you to baptize that too. (laughs) 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 I hope it was waterproof, but you know. (laughs) So he sounds like the perfect customer for Patriot Mobile. It does. Uh, For 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, uh, the only ones. Uh, They offer dependable nationwide coverage, giving you the ability to access all three major networks, which means that you get the same coverage you're accustomed to, but you don't have to fund left-wing causes that you don't agree with. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending a message that you support free speech, religious liberty, sanctity of life, Second Amendment, and that you support military veterans and first responders. They have a 100% U.S.-based customer service team that's going to make your switching easy. Keep your number, keep your phone, or upgrade. Their team will help you find the best plan for your needs. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation when you use the offer code Phil. That's patriotmobile.com slash or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT, and I guess you can baptize the phone as well. I mean, do you think that's a coincidence? Because people all the time say, I just don't know if this is true. Just look at history. Well, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the story is always, it's near, it's near, it's near, it's near, it's near. Get ready for it. It's coming. It's, It's near. It's at hand. I mean, over and over and over, warnings are just saying the kingdom of God is next. That's right. I mean, he, the switchover from the kingdom of God being talked about and, and uh, promised, yeah. it becomes, when it becomes real, it's a pretty rough go of it. <laughs> oh, it's rough. It's, you know, it's turbulent waters. I would oh. call it. Cheesy line of the podcast. I and mean, people we... are being killed over it. 
I'm gonna give you my uh, what's a we don't have we need a cheesy line button. Uh, rim uh, shot. Ready? Blue. Somebody told me this one time okay. because you know I got into metal detecting. This is a we, near to here. We got into metal detecting and we're uncovering history, and so I was always thinking, you know, you learn from history, you learn from your past, you you figure out what you did wrong, and but somebody said, you know what I like about history? I was like, what? The more you look into history, the more you see his story. Get it? Yep. History, his story. I thought it was very cheesy, but very powerful. <laughs> yep. And that's what I was trying to yeah. outline here. You you go back. This this really happened. Look it up. Why did all these men have this and women have this transformation? What could have happened? Why did they all go to their death? I mean, it appeared to over 500 of them, but most of them died rather than deny Jesus as Lord. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the very people that killed him years later, that they put their faith in him. That became their state religion was Jesus. Yeah. I mean, you can't make this up. Well, you can't. And it shows you the power of it. And Jay, you were mentioning Acts 1-3 that Dad was talking about before we came home. He, after his suffering, he showed himself to these men, gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Exactly. And what were you going to say about that, Phil? Yeah, you were talking about the simplicity of the, the church and, the, and how it started with the kingdom. It was so amazing to me that it was their behavior Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message, and this is always underneath it, about baptism. This is Acts 41. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000, here comes the kingdom of God, were added to their number that day. Let's see. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Uh, Fast forward a couple of thousand years, that's still happening. And to the fellowship, that's still happening. To the breaking of bread, every every Sunday morning, the remembrance of Jesus, eat the, drink the wine, eat the bread, his body, spirit. Everyone was filled with awe, which is pretty amazing. They're like, can you believe this? Many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. God made sure that that anybody walking by and start listening, he would be overwhelmed by what the apostles were doing. All the believers were together and had everything in common. What a fine group of people that would be. Mm. Selling their possessions and goods, they didn't make any difference. They say, we're all in Jesus, number one. They gave to anyone as he had need. Boy, wouldn't wouldn't we have a, a great nation if the kingdom of God was operating under the mindset of this group. Every day, not here, there, not Sunday morning, make sure you meet, you got to be in church on Sunday. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. I mean, they were meeting, uh, the old saying now in America is, y'all going to church today? Uh, this was like every day they continued to they meet together church. in the temple courts. Mm-hmm. They broke bread in their homes. They were all visiting each other, had relationships. 
I look back on just my conversion, and boy, did we ever break bread in their homes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean amazing. And ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They're all having breakfast, supper, dinner. Next day, get up, same thing. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Everybody's saying, that is a wonderful group of people. They're so kind, and they offered us a meal. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So from there, you start in the book of Acts and the troubles that come with it. And, uh, but as far as what you have to do, that's doable yeah. by, by any group of individuals. Correct. And we need to bring more of that kind of thinking in front of everybody. Yeah. So this thing is not about going to church one day a week. You don't see it after that. Well, what are you doing on the side? You know, where's the help coming from? It's a valid point, Dad, because what you have seen over 2,000 years is sort of a formalized, ritualized um yeah. Sort of going through these same things over and over. I mean, this seems very organic, what you just described, right? That is correct. People living living it out every day, meals in a you know, in a home somewhere. So you're you're describing this beginning point and you're right. I think a lot of churches today try to reproduce these things, but it's really it's it's really hard. It's uh, it's like they're getting better at it. Yeah, some last, some are, yeah. In the last uh, ten years. I've seen some things coming together that's good things. These people are not worried about, I mean, it's smaller little groups meeting together here, there, younger, nationwide. There's a lot of religious groups now operating under the auspices of the kingdom of God. I mean, Jesus is the king. He died for your sins. That's all right right before this, this here. Peter, well, yeah, what do we do? Repent and be baptized. The promise is for you, your children, far off, but the Lord will call. In other words, he warned them. He pleaded with them, save yourself from this corrupt generation. Well, fast forward to modern-day world, that still stands, Al. Yeah. That's many other words he warned them. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. It was pretty corrupt under the Roman Empire. Yeah, no doubt about it, and the and the and the and the kingdom is thrust right in the middle of that. Well, to this day, been a lot of going ons with people concerning Jesus of Galilee. Yeah, that's exactly right, and we're still a part of it. I mean, we're still boldly bringing it forward. Yep. Let's take another break. So, Jace, you got anything to tell us about your liver today? Look, I'm a competitor. I love to compete. I've played sports all my life. Mainly, I'm now a fan. But in no time in my career of all the basketball, football, baseball, and even as a fan, when I jump up and use my body to express joy, I've never had an injury and went, oh, my liver. It's always back, shoulder, knee, ankle. But I've learned from doing this segment, Al, that the liver should not be underrated. Exactly. The liver is very important. Uh, American Heart Association lets us know that uh, people with fatty liver 
are three and a half times more likely to have heart failure than those without. So your liver affects your heart and everything else. Uh, and fatty liver, of course, as I've learned uh, from bad numbers in my past, usually goes with fatty everything else. Uh, but you throw a lot of stuff at your liver, uh, and what happens is it begins to break down. Your liver has 500 key functions every day, so it is very important. And so we want to be able to help our liver, and we have a solution for you, Liver Health Formula. It's an all-natural supplement, contains 11 clinically proven botanicals that help recharge and protect your liver. Uh, I've taken this product. It got my numbers back in line, so it does work. So if you're looking to ignite your fat-burning metabolism, boost your energy, and transform how you look and feel, try Liver Health Formula. You're going to receive a free bottle of blood sugar formula. helps reduce sugar cravings if you order today. Try Liver Health Formula by going to GetLiverHelp.com slash unashamed to receive that free gift. That's GetLiverHelp.com slash unashamed. I think one problem when we were studying what happened in the first 10 verses of of chapter 2 when the holy spirit was being poured out it yep. one thing we didn't talk about and I think we'll address your question on you know why does it look so different in our modern day than it looked like what Phil just read yeah it it's like we almost have a have a temple mentality. Yeah, we've kind of reverted. Kind of divided up into factions. We reverted yeah, back because we can't all agree on all the other points, and and even in Acts two, I mean, you you go to from church to church, you you'll walk in a church building and you'll think, is this a funeral? But then you'll go right down the road or across the street and you'll say, is this a party? Are these people drunk? <laughs> Well, I mean, that's just the reality, and I've been in both with equal enthusiasm. And so, you know, they're highlighting different things, and the Bible is complex cover to cover. I mean, you're dealing with a lot of history. You're dealing with a lot of symbolic language. You're dealing with a lot of prophecy. Uh, you're going back thousands of years, and all of a sudden you're putting this all together practically, and... People just look at things and and decide to think things are more important than others, and they go set up their own group. That's yeah. what they do. So what, and and we're not saying, by the way, that because you're seeing this picture here, that's a beautiful picture, that they didn't have problems too. Look, people are problematic. If since we're doing a high view of Acts, when you jump over to Acts five. And Acts 6, you immediately see these guys weren't together for very long. They started having problems. That's Remember, at first it was the widows, and you're not taking care of my my widow, and but you're giving her some. All of the rest of the letters, once, once you get Acts at the centerpiece of it, and you start looking at what the church would do. People go to Oregon where they would do. If you could play a guitar, you go into hell. I own the guitar. And I'm like... Man, well, the, here we go. A little slack, man. I if mean, you get into specific issues, that's where you yeah, get that's into. Where you wind up. Yeah. But what I was going to say is, this reminds me of the picture in Acts two, as being the exact opposite of what happened in Genesis eleven. God gave him a command to fill the earth, multiply and fill the earth, 
And so the whole world back then had one language in Genesis chapter 11. Everybody understood each other, which I find fascinating, and a common speech. And so they found a plain and settled there, and they said to each other, let's uh, you know, get some bricks and instead of stone. And they said, come, let us, this is verse four, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. That, that's the phrase I wanted to get in there. And not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Which on its own, it sounds great because they're unified. And even God himself, when he came down, he said in verse 6, if as one people speak in the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them, which is incredible. And it's a great statement. You're like, well, what's the problem? The problem was he said, scatter. And they didn't trust him. I mean, it's almost like a garden moment where he said, you can eat all the trees, but that one. And then curiosity entered the equation. And they're like, but I want that one. I want to camp out right there. But that's not what he said to do. So that was kind of the problem with that because he's highlighting being unified. He's like, you want to accomplish something? Get together. Right. You, you'll pull it off. So y'all know the story, but what does he do? So he confuses their language. And when he did that, they couldn't complete the project. Right. And so that's where we got all our different languages, which is crazy. You won't, you won't hear that in a public school. <laughs> no, I don't think. Because look, this tower, think about just the practicality of it. The building of the tower was the idea that as long as you could see the tower, you as far away as you need to be. In other words, they were already starting this thing that Thomas Jefferson said when we start when they started the country, don't pile up on top of each other with the tall buildings. We need to spread out because if we do that, we're going to cause ourselves a lot of grief. Well, that was going back to what Jace just talked about in Genesis 11. It'd be, and here's the reason why. They weren't dependent on God for anything. They were. It was humanism. Even way back then, the idea was we're the top of the food chain. Yeah. Yep. And I'm not saying this is directly the problem in modern, you know, using. But you're right. It's ironic that the languages come in at this same time. That was the yeah. point I was going to make is then to draw all these, these same speaking people as far as their heritage, Jews, from all nations, because they were scattered. He brought them all together. The spirit was poured out, and then the miracle was them hearing their language from these 11 guys from Galilee, in which I told you all my point. There's some people don't agree that I think it's just the apostles, and Phil read one of the – another reason why I think that is because when a while ago when he read in chapter 2, in verse 42, it says that everyone was filled with awe and – Many wonders, miraculous signs were done by the apostles. Yeah. Why is he why is he mentioning that? I think that's who was doing them. Right. Now we we do notice from the letters that they were able to impart that power to other people when they laid hands on them. But we also saw the problem with that when when we get to Simon the sorcerer, who tried to offer money yeah. for that ability. Correct. <laughs> Bad idea. 
So my my point is, and we never read about anybody in this in the book that was imparted gifts that imparted it again. You don't see that anywhere. Yeah, it was all. It was only the ones who were with Jesus. Exactly. But my point is that they were familiar with that story in Genesis eleven, way more familiar than what we highlight. They they knew the first five books of the Bible like the back of their hand. Oh, the yeah. the crowd gathered here were people that believed in God, who had come through Israel's heritage, and they knew it like the back of their hand. I'm positive they put two and two together here. We had all the different languages that when we were trying to make a name for ourselves and not listening to God. And now all of a sudden, God has called us together and we're hearing one voice, but we're hearing our languages from the one voice. Correct. I mean, don't you think that's just awesome? Yeah. To that, For that to be the sign that the Holy Spirit has has become available. And so then even in that sign, you say, what's the practical part of that? Because I always found it comical, and, and I, I want to do a lesson on this, because uh, they thought they were drunk. And I don't know if it was the excitement of having this power. I, it, something was happening that they thought these guys were drunk. The excitement level was so much. I mean, the only thing I can I do on the planet where people have thought I was drunk when I wasn't was when I catch frogs, because I've never been drunk from alcohol. Yeah. And but when I'm out frog hunting, if people were watching on the bank, they would say, "That guy must be drunk," because <laughs> I'm hooping and hollering, I'm jumping in the water, I'm woo, I'm dancing, you know, and because it's it's just one of the most fun things I think you can do but i think when you get to ephesians which once again and i'm making a strong push for us to study that next <laughs> i think that's where we're headed let's take our last break. when you get to ephesians look you see a similar thing so if you take the tower of babel you take what happened in acts 2 then you think the outpouring of the holy spirit is then when you pour something out, it's now available. And what Peter said in Acts 2.38, you can now get the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which would make sense. If he poured it out, there's a difference in somebody pouring something on you and pouring something in you. Correct. But if you pour something out, what is the purpose of pouring something out? It's either bad, well, we know the Holy Spirit is not bad, or you pour it out so you can ingest it. Yeah. Yep. You know, if I poured a glass of milk, I'm doing it so I can drink it. Right. Which is, I think, what happens. In in First Corinthians twelve, he uses that terminology when it says we're all given the spirit to drink. I think it's a key key verse. Well, and by the way, just to show you about language and the Holy Spirit being on someone, we, we remember we talked about Balaam and the and that donkey. I mean, the Holy Spirit can even come on an animal, and the animal can speak. Well, we were taught that in school. We decided not to go down that route because it does get so complex. Right. You know, we, when we were taught in Bible school, they had all the different phraseologies of the Spirit, like being on you or under the influence or, or being in you. In you. Right. Well, well, it is different, and I do think there is a point there. Right. But I just wanted to read in Ephesians 5, and I just wanted to make a practical point. When he says uh, in verse 15, you know, be careful how you live, not as unwise, 
but is wise. And if you listen to our last podcast, I went through a whole deal about we rise up as the temple of the Lord because of the Holy Spirit. And that's in chapter two and verse 21. So he's talking about living as children of light. And then he says in verse 17 of chapter five, understand what the Lord's will is. Now watch this. This is this is kind of funny. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Why do you pour something out? So you can be filled with it. Right. And watch what he says. He doesn't go the miraculous line here. He says, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart. Always giving thanks to God, the Father, for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And my only point is, what's being introduced here, and the reason Phil, when he read uh, Acts 2, 42, through that, and why it was a movement, is when people saw them loving each other, singing, praising God, forgiving each other, having people in their homes, taking the Lord's Supper, praying, giving to each other as they had need, all these things, praising God, enjoying the favor. The What was happening is you were seeing the result of the Spirit indwelling human beings. Right. Look, they were high on Jesus. They were drunk on God's Spirit. And it's the exact opposite of having too much wine. That leads to debauchery. It's misery. It's... Uh, bloody knuckles, busted windshields, wrecked vehicles, prison sentences, busted relationships. Got plenty of that. <laughs> so d- don't you think that's fascinating? Yeah, that's that good. in the moment, they're like, what are y'all drunk? I mean, Peter's like, hey, it's nine in the morning. What are you, crazy? Which is it's funny. But that was just the sign that pointed to something even greater is that you could have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and get practical on a daily basis showing who God is with all these relationships, with all the good things, the very things that Jesus was saying, this is what the kingdom's going to look like. We're dividing racial lines. We're standing up for the unjust. We're you know helping the poor. We're speaking Jesus as Lord. I mean, all the things you want to come up, that's what it looked like, and it happened when they were indwelled by the Holy Spirit, which is what we're supposed to look like. It's not supposed to be a Tower of Babel-looking model. It's supposed to be more of a movement model where the temp- wherever members of the temple of God are going, they're thinking, are you under the influence? And, and you're like, yeah, I'm under the influence of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> That's because right. Jesus is Lord. So that, that's kind of a practical thing, I thought. You, you, we need to be the people that are constantly getting pulled over by other human beings, and they're like, what, what, what's wrong with you? What, what, what has happened? Are you, is this, and, and I think that's a good way to, every, to look every at it. Every time we meet up there, that right there is, is what, what it winds up being right there. Yeah. And it and it goes on. That's a different the picture. Step. When I speak every Sunday morning, I'm speaking to a group of people. There are people coming to Jesus. They're accepting Jesus by faith. They 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 are taught to love God and love their neighbor. It just it's just a flow of them. And it's not limited to that to that spot because no. it can happen here. Yeah, it happens I asked here. The guy twice where he's from, and so. he said, "Where are you from?" He said, 
Samoa. I said, American Samoa, way out in the middle of the, <laughs> the ocean. He said, that's where I'm from. I said, you've made a long trip there. He said, I want you to baptize me. You know? Yeah. Well, we're we're giving an overview, and we, and the next time we're going to get together, we're going to get into that actual sermon in Acts two. Yeah, I There's, was going to say because the 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 middle we've kind of given you like an Oreo cookie. We gave you the front side was the Holy Spirit. We gave you the back side what it looks like in the middle, the creamy middle of this Oreo is the message of Jesus. Of Jesus. Yep. <laughs> I mean, he's the one that pulls the whole thing. But I do think it's fascinating. We're trying to give you an overall overall view of this. And here's why. So if I just ask you a question, who wrote most of the New Testament? What would be your first answer? Paul. Who wrote? The apostle oh, Paul. Y'all both say Paul. Guess what? Wrong. He wrote more books, but if you look at the words, actually Luke has like 38,000 words, and Paul has 32,000. Huh. If you look at it percentage-wise, Luke, in his two books, wrote more than Paul. Yeah, which is probably was one book. Yeah, it's yeah. 27% of the New Testament, and Paul is 23%. And I, I thought found that fascinating. It's pretty amazing. But I so, so I do think you have to look at the overall view of what it is, because this is it. This was the prediction this was the fulfillment of prophecy. This is what the kingdom is going to look like. And then here it is. Yeah, Matthew, so, Mark, Luke, and John all had to be there for the information that we see in the book of Acts. Yeah, and the story. It, 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 is, it's a, it has information, but it's a story that is then transitioned into what Jesus being exalted ultimately means for us, which is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And what's fascinating about Acts is even though it ends with Paul speaking about the kingdom, that same promise for Jew or Gentile of Jesus being declared, people being cut to the heart, people responding to Jesus and receiving God's Spirit, it just continues. Yep. It acts as really like a dot, dot, dot that comes all the way to, and we're three dots in that story. So, and that's the thing that makes this different. It's, uh, there's a lot of stories out there that impact people, but this story is life-changing. That's it. In its ability, and that's what's amazing. So, we're out of time. Uh, we'll kind of, we'll get the middle of that Oreo um, the next time we get back into this study. Uh, we got a guest coming on the next podcast, which I'm super excited about. So we'll get back to Acts and looking at the big picture. Uh, so join us here on Unashamed. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.